Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I'm Michael J. Sutton, and this is episode 86 in our series, Freedom from Fear. Today's episode, Freedom from Defenselessness. Freedom Matters Today looks at freedom from a Christian perspective, and this series is our second series. Our first series was Freedom from Fascism, which is part of our research agenda theme of freedom from tyranny and fascism. And the talks and podcasts of that series are currently being edited and rewritten so that they may be made available as ebooks in the near future. So we will keep you up to date with what is happening there. Please join us at our website at freedommatterstoday.com. Subscribe and tell your friends. At the time of writing, which is the end of July 2022, World War III has begun as the West, led by America, is at war with Russia, defending the puppet regime of the Ukraine with more military and financial assistance in less than six months than the entire 20 years' war in the Middle East. This arming of Ukraine caused the war and ensures that it will continue and mirrors America's efforts to prop up the corrupt South Vietnamese regime against Ho Chi Minh, who only wanted a free nation back in the 60s. The weapons of war today are as horrific as they are ingenious. One could write for pages and pages, indeed books and books, on the types of weapons that have been invented and the ways of killing that have been devised. There are only, however, a handful of global weapons manufacturers today, and they make most of the bombs, missiles and weapons used in all the conflicts around the world. They compete and collude to devise the best and most technologically efficient ways to end human life. Business is booming now. It's good for the economy. But the ones to suffer will be the innocent civilians who have no choice but to suffer and die. This is all a far cry from the rather ancient and romantic image created by Paul in Ephesians 6 of a person wearing armour and carrying a sword. He writes in Ephesians 6.11 that put on the whole armour of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. The armour of 2,000 years ago would be inadequate today. A soldier in such armour would be blown to pieces in a war today and that could be done from hundreds of miles away even if they lived underground. But I don't see the point in upgrading Paul's image to the modern life as some have done for there is no need to glorify war any more than it is glorified already today. War is horrible. War is evil. War is a sin against God and all wars, wars are the same. But it is interesting that Paul chooses body armour and that he chooses an individual soldier rather than a group because he is speaking of a person of faith and their decision to fight. Many have recoiled at the idea of individual spiritual war and argued that Paul is speaking to Christians assembled. But why would he not use an image to convey that? There is no evidence in the text that Paul is speaking to Christians assembled or to a group. He could have used the image of a Roman regiment huddled together as everyone would have known the reference. 
It would have been few people in Paul's day who would not have seen the Romans in battle at some point or heard of their many strategies for repelling attack. Paul also doesn't use the image of a Roman soldier at all, and so there's no point trying to educate people on the finer points of Roman armour. There's no reason why he would have used Rome as a reference point since Rome was the invader of Israel, Palestine, and the conqueror of Jerusalem and many other nations. And it would have been offensive to many of his readers for Paul to elude um, using Roman invaders as his model. No, his image is a relatively simple one, that of a man wearing body armour and carrying a sword, an image that would have been familiar to all people of that day. The most basic reason for wearing armour and carrying a sword is to enable the wearer to prepare for battle and, in that battle, to defend themselves against attack. These days people do not wear armour or carry swords unless they are going to a reenactment or a festival, but people in the days of Jesus wore such armour for battle. The fact that Paul likens the spiritual life or the life of a Christian to that of a war should make us take notice immediately. This is a shock for two reasons. The first is that we are often told, especially by evangelical Christians, that the war is over and that we are in some kind of mopping up operation against the devil, that he was soundly defeated and that he has no power anymore. The second shock is that the Christian life is likened to a war. Wars are horrible things, and it's a strange way to talk about a life that is lived in the light, as war is often associated with darkness and death. First, Paul is telling his readers that the Christian life is combative. It's a struggle, a fight, a conflict. And that is quite consistent with what Jesus said in the Gospels. Paul is simply restating to his readers the same message that Jesus gave about counting the cost and carrying the cross. In Luke 9.23, for example, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. The image of the cross would have meant martyrdom to many of the readers of the Gospels, for that was what Jesus was speaking of, a life of dying to self and living to God. Second, Paul is not lying to his readers about the costs, difficulties and challenges of being a follower of Jesus. He is not like many priests, pastors and ministers today who make lying for a living their code of practice, who hide the truth of the gospel from people to take their money each week, ladening them with false promises. Paul, for all his faults, always tells it as it is. Christians need to put on spiritual armour. Christians need to fight. Christians need to be ready. Does not Jesus also say, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation? Matthew 26 verse 41 and Luke 21 verse 36. Many evangelical Christians in the West present a false image of the Christian life by either painting a life of prosperity for Christians or dismissing spiritual realities. Some argue that there is no spiritual conflict because at the cross Satan was destroyed. 
Some argue that being a Christian is a ticket to the good life, a life of victorious Christian living, of prosperity and hope. Temptation ruins the first argument, and life wrecks the second, with the Christian who has been lied to by their church, floundering on the rocks of despair and misery. Many never rise again, and few return to a life of confident faith. If only they opened their Bibles in the first place and did not listen to the church. Do not listen to the church. Read your Bible instead. If only they turned to Paul's letter to the Ephesians and read what he said about being ready in battle against spiritual realities. If only they dismissed the smooth smooth talking of the used car salesmen in the church with their false promises of an easy life and turned the pages of the Bible to see that following Jesus is not easy. Jesus says in John chapter 15 verse 20, Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. It was fascinating in COVID hysteria to see many of the great evangelical preachers accept COVID passports to churches or church closures or whatever they needed to do to support the state, all out of a desire to avoid persecution. Many of these hypocrites were prepared to throw away a lifetime of Bible teaching at the first sign of actual persecution from the state. In other words, the good news of God's grace was only a message for the days of wealth and plenty and the days of good times. But when trouble came, they gave it all up. They were not prepared to fight. They did not have their armour on. They were too western to prepare for spiritual battle. They had grown lazy and fat and corrupt in the West, and they lost sight of God. They closed their churches when the coronavirus was beginning, and they opened them when it got worse. Look at these hypocrites now in the church. In Australia, tens of thousands of people have COVID now. The death rate is skyrocketing, and yet they all open their churches again. To avoid spiritual war, they close their churches and close their Bibles. For them, the state is their friend, and they long to revive Christian values in society as good fascists. And they laugh at Paul and call him a fanatic, and they close their Bibles and lie to their congregations about God. Today we've been looking at freedom from defenselessness. Paul tells us to put on the whole armour of God so we might defend ourselves, which is the point of putting on armour. The threats are real. Following Jesus is not easy. We must be prepared. If you don't put it on, you will fall like the Western Church did during the pandemic. They thought that they were too good to put on God's armour, and look what happened to them. Tomorrow we will look at freedom from vulnerability. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Freedom Matters Today looks at freedom from a Christian perspective. There are five themes in our research agenda, freedom from fascism and tyranny, freedom from guilt and shame, freedom from fear and despair, freedom from past and prejudice, and freedom from sin and death.
The goal of Freedom Matters today is to look at freedom from a Christian perspective. And one of the ways we are doing that is through our blog, which can be read at freedommatterstoday.com, as well as our podcast, which is available on all good podcasting sites. And also, we are going to be publishing ebooks. And these ebooks will be the re edited and revised versions of the blogs and podcasts, and they will be made available online in a few weeks. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.